Hey, what's up, everybody? It is Moise Petran, your host of Roller Boons Podcast. And today we have Mr. Daniels back on the episode, and we're going to be talking about why Black families are missing on our real estate. How you doing today, Mr. Daniels? Doing well. How are you, man? I can't complain. Uh, so, yeah, so Mr. Daniels, I know we recently just bought some few properties. You're doing really well in properties investing. And um, I know you constantly get DMs about why people want to actually invest in real estate and how could they get invested in real estate. What's one of the biggest things you've seen with Black families who are missing out on real estate at this time, you know, this time of year? Yeah, I mean, you know, um, I did a presentation last year at Miami University in Oxford, Ohio, talking about how I see really real estate as like the core of wealth inequality in America. So basically, real estate is the, probably one of, is by far the, the number one creator of wealth in this country, right? So the fact that Black families don't invest in real estate or, or not, not enough Black families are invested in real estate and, or the real estate that Black people have is undervalued or underutilized is really something that's very, very, very critical and needs to be discussed. So, um, you know, I, as you said, you know, we talked about how, how we've done a couple of deals. See, the thing that the thing that we've done, right, we've been able to do it what we call efficiently, right, where, where we're working together, bringing people together and collectively buying real estate. And that's what you don't see, unfortunately, enough Black people doing is trying to buy it collectively, right? So for every one person uh, who reaches out to me and says, hey, you know, I want to invest as a group, there's probably 20 people who, who want to just invest on their own. They just want to do their own thing, which is fine. However, what ends up happening is, is it just becomes inefficient because what, what happens, right? They have to try to learn. They have to go through the process of getting a loan. They have to do this. They have to do that, right? So let's just kind of, let's take a step back, right? Remember, uh, on the Wall Street property, right? Remember right. the first go round of, of, of going through the loans? It was the headache. It was, <laughs> it was crazy, right? It was, it was a lot of issues. A lot of, a lot of issues dealing with that, right? But then when, when, when we combined our experience and we brought in, you know, some new factors and some new people, you see how quickly the deal got done, right? And, then, um, and, and, it, and it just shows you, like, you know, the importance of working together and able to uh, really, really take advantage of the opportunities that exist in real estate. Yeah. And then, you know, that word you said loans, you know, that scares away a lot of black people, like, especially, you know, the black community. And I feel like it, it deals with finances. You know, I told you that in the, in the past, like me learning about financial models is one of the biggest things, you know, achieving wealth and knowing how you want your money to grow. But do you feel like that needs to be actually spoke, spoke to? Because we only think about you know, black families, home is only a place to live, sleep in, grow up in, but people don't look at it as an asset. So what do you, why do you feel like people are missing out on opportunities like this? Is they're misinformed? Yeah, I mean, it's, 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 it's very unfortunate. And actually, um, you know, I'm really starting to, I really want to start doing some, some classes on financial literacy because we, we've been financially miseducated, right? And even people who are financially educated typically are financially edu educated to a certain extent, right? Mo not, not many people have, have an, an understanding of finance, right? So finance is like the economic system behind money, right? How the entire system works. And what you have to understand is there's good debt and there's bad debt, right? The wealthiest people in the world have tremendous amounts of debt, right? However, the debt that they have is producing them income. So, for example, right, this, 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 we'll use a very simple example, a bank. Right. 
where do banks get money from? They get money from you. And then what do they do? They go and borrow money from the federal government. Right. So banks borrow money from the federal government. I'm just going to use simple numbers. Banks borrow money from the federal government at 1% interest. Then they lend it to you at 5% interest. So the profit they make is the difference between the 1% they borrowed at and the 4% and the 5% they lended it at. Right. right? So they make 4% return on their, on their money, just, just for a simple term. Right. So what I'm saying is they don't have any money at all. A bank has no money, zero, zero money at all. All they have is your money and the money that they borrowed. And then they have an, they have loans. They have someone to loan the money to, right? So, so what I'm saying is if you're borrowing money for investments, that's a good thing because now you, as long as the investment makes more money, then it costs you to borrow the money. Right. So even if, even if I have to borrow the money at 5%, 6%, 7%, even 10%, as long as I can make more than a 10% return, then I'm going to borrow as much money as I can because I'm making money on that money. And that, 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 that's, that's like the simplest way to look at it, right? However, because because a lot of people have, have had very bad experiences with, with debt, debt is seen as a bad word in a black community. So a lot of people like, like, like a lot of people want to be debt free. So they want their house paid off. They don't want to have any bills. They want to be debt free. And it's because they've been economically traumatized their, their entire life. Right. Yeah. So their entire life, they've seen the stress and trauma associated with bills and not being able to pay the bills and having debt and this, that, and the other. So all they want to do is free themselves from that, from that system. However, what the, what the, what the end game of that is, is the fact that you're, you can't really create wealth like that. You won't be able to create wealth like that. Um, and then also it harms the next generation because not only can you not create wealth, you also have no money to lend to other generations, right? So uh, I'll, 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 use, I'll use an example, right? There are a lot of people who have houses that are free and clear, right? They have no mortgage on them. And they have hundreds of thousands of dollars saved up, right? Mm-hmm. And, and you're like, okay, you know, what are you going to do with all that? Like, what are you doing with that money, right? And they're literally doing nothing with it, right? They don't invest it. They don't do it. All they do is save and pay off debt. Because that's the way they were taught. Yeah. So because of that, you know, what, what it causes, it causes a, a capital problem in black communities where people don't have access to capital because the people who do have capital will not loan it to them or they won't access it. So do you think the reason why, so I'm trying to paint this from a lending standpoint do you think that um, when lenders are assessing someone who's obtaining, you know, that that trying to get that loan, they look, they use that history, that past history, to see if their person is even financially literate, if that makes sense. Like they, they have bad credit, so that equates to bad decisions. Do you think that's something they could actually, you know, people try to use? Yeah, I mean, it just it just shows that they're they're unable to meet their responsibilities. Um, so if you know, if if you have if someone issues you credit and they say, hey, I need you to pay me $100 a month, then you should be paying that $100 a month no matter what, right? That, that's what you agree to. It shouldn't be like, oh, I don't got it right now. You know, I'll pay 300 in three months. Nah, people want that 100 every month. You know what I'm saying? That's what you agree to. So that's what banks want to see. They want to see, or any lending institution wants to see, they want to see that whatever amount you agreed to pay, that you pay. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and once they see you have a, a, a long track record of paying consistently, 
then then they'll they'll, they'll definitely uh, keep lending you money because at the, at the end of the day, every loan that they issue is more money for them. So, what do you think is one of the biggest steps? What's the first step for a family who wants to go ahead and like start real estate investing? How would you say is the best thing? How's that conversation? You know, what is the family? You know, how much is the family house cost now? You know, what's one of the questions someone who's really adamant about getting their family involved in real estate acts? So if you're interested, like, let's just say, for example, you're interested in investing as, a, so you're saying like as a family, like a group of people investing together? Yeah, like as far as like, you know, someone who was, yeah, like a, as a family, like setting that up for the family could be, mostly investing in real estate so say take for example um i'm gonna use my situation like i asked i asked you to um wanting my family to jump into real estate but they're trusting me with the information to do what i need to do so how do someone who isn't really trying to give you know all that power to their son or daughter um what is one of the questions that the son or daughter should be asking them and make sure they're informed about to let them know about how they're going to go ahead and flip that money People don't right. Really- so, so, so the most important thing is this, right? You want people to feel comfortable, right? That, that you know what you're doing. Yeah. So you have to have a track record. So let's say you don't have a track record, right? So let, let's say you just started investing in real estate. You don't know much. Mm-hmm. You need to find a partner who has a track record, right? So, so like this use our simple example, right? So I've been doing real estate for, you know, a decade now. So you can go and say, Hey, you know, I'm working with this guy who's been doing real estate for 10 years. That's going to make everyone calm down. Like, okay. Is someone who's been doing real estate for a long time. Then you show them, you know, the track record of deals, other stuff like that, yada, yada, yada. And then then you explain to them how their investment is secure, right? Like, like basically, like, their money's not going to just disappear into thin air. So I think the, I think the biggest difference that, 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 that people have to understand between real estate and investing in, let's say, businesses is that real estate never hits zero, right? So... Let's say, let's say, for example, that we everyone puts in to buy a house and let's say, OK, worst case scenario, we can't sell the house. But right. guess what we can do? We could always rent that house out. You see what I'm saying? Or we could always at least sell it at, at some price. You know, it might not be the ideal price that we want it, but we can sell it at some price. Right. So as long as as long as a, a home is being purchased with the investment money, you never really have to worry about that money just disappearing. Right. You, you get the, 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 the downside in a real estate transaction is minimal, right? Um, you know, you get insurance. So let's say the house burns down, at least you, you're getting paid out. You're going to get your money back. I mean, there, there's really like, a, there's, there, there's so many ways to protect your principal, right? So remember, when, when you talk about investing, you're talking about two different things, right? So the first thing is return of capital, right? So return of capital is making sure that you get your money back, yeah. right? Return on capital is the potential profit that you can make from the deal, right? So what I'm saying is what 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 virtually guarantees or ensures that you get your money back, at least get your money back, is the asset. Yeah. Right? So because you have an asset that's, that, that's going to be purchased with your investment, that you know that at least worst case scenario, we fire sell this house. We get rid of it to like one of those sleazy dudes who send out postcards <laughs> and say we buy houses cash. At least you could get something, right? You know what I'm saying? Like you're not, it's never gonna be worth zero, right? Um, so if you do that, and as long as you go about it that way, then, then, then you know that, that, that you're gonna get your return on capital. Now then 
return of capital. And then, you know, the more experienced the operator is, the more the better their check record. And that's when you can start pretty being uh, a lot more sure about the return on the capital, the amount of profit that you'll make. Definitely. So, so, so basically in a family situation, you know, you have four or five different players. It takes about four different components to make a real estate deal go. Right. So you need someone who has, who can find good deals, right? So someone who's familiar with the market and can find good deals. You need someone who has good credit or whatever, who can qualify for loans, right? You need money. Okay. And then you need someone who can actually execute the deal and make it happen. Right. So those are the four things. So in a family situation, you just need to find which one of your family members plug into which category. Right. So let's say, Hey, I don't have no money, but I got a 760 credit score. Bam. You're the credit man. Okay. Let's say, look, man, I don't really have no verified income, but you know, I got 50 grand, you know, however you got it. Yeah. Okay. Bam. You're the cash man. Yeah. Okay. Um, I'm a contractor or I know some contractors. Okay. Bam. You're the person who can execute the deal. And then I'm a realtor or I'm friends with a realtor. Okay. Now you're the person who's finding the deals. Then you put those four together and you have a team that cannot be stopped. Yeah. Now here's the problem, right? Here's the problem. Here's what, here's what usually happens. People try to be all four of those in one. Right. And there's very, very few people who can be all four. Right. And I'm saying that as someone who has been all four. Right. Because I knew the deals. I, I was a realtor. You know, I had good credit. I had cash. And I knew how to do deals myself. But what I'm saying is there's very few people like that. Yeah. Right. Very, very, very few people like that. And then still, even then, it's still inefficient. Right. Because what's going to happen? I'm going to run out of cash at some point, right? Or I can't get an infinite amount of loans with my credit, right? At some point, they're just going to say, nah, bro, we can't keep giving you loans, Yeah. right? But there is no limit to the amount of deals I can find. And there's no limit, virtually no limit to the amount of deals I can execute. So what I'm saying is if I focused in on fighting deals and executing deals, then, then there's no limit to what I could do because now all I got to do is find enough cash to knock them all down. Yeah. So in a family, in a family structure, that's what you want to do is that you want to have four people or four or so people all staying in their lane and doing the best that they can do to, 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 to build an empire. Definitely. Well, we're not going to hold you too long, Daniel, because I know you have to run soon and go to some other meeting. But I do want to say, what is one, like, a few key advices you want to give to someone who's actually trying to, like, get their family into real estate? Like, what's the one key advice that you think they should actually brush upon, they actually just follow up on? This something somebody could take, a viewer, a listener, that actually could take this back to their friends, friends' family, or even their grandpa or aunt, somebody who's more experienced in older age, something they could they actually tell them in order to get them involved in real estate to leverage their own you know, experience too. Right now, I would rather have $100,000 worth of real estate than $100,000 cash. And the reason why is because real estate is, is appreciating so fast and cash is depreciating so fast, right? So what you don't want is in your, older, in, your, in your later years of life, you don't want your money to start declining in power, right? right? It, but it will unless you invest it. Um, and that's just the cold, hard reality of life, right? If you do not invest your money, you're going to end up being disappointed later on in life because your savings are not going to keep up with the cost of living, all right? 
Um, and, and this is just, it's just a cold, hard reality, right? So it's just something that you have to do and something that you have to be very careful about. So I would encourage anyone who wants anyone to invest with them to become as knowledgeable as possible, to get a good mentor, to work with people who have experience, who've done it, right? right. Who've done it multiple times, who've seen things go wrong. And as soon as you can convince people that you care enough about their money and you're going to make sure you do everything you can um, to make sure that they at least get their money back and then also some profit as well. I think uh, you, you won't have getting people to invest, right? They just need that confidence that you care about them. You care about their money and that you have the ability and you're willing and able to do what it takes to get the deal done. Um, right. That's just the key. I actually have an ebook coming out very soon on passive real estate investing and I think it's something that's great that, that a lot of people can show to people. Um, it's actually written. I just need I just need somebody to design my cover for me to like look 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 snazzy. I might have to reach out to Navi Needs, you know, to get to get that design. yourself. <laughs> like I know a lot of people, you know, this is a lot of bigger deals. If you guys don't follow Mr. Daniels already, you guys will see it in the comment section when we post the flyer, but. You guys definitely follow up on these questions, like ask him questions. You know, he's a he's a very knowledgeable, experienced um, real estate you know developer, um, and a lot of people aren't giving back this information because if you guys do know black people, I don't even try to be funny, but black people like hogging information, especially when he can make a lot of money from it. This is something that's creating abundance for everybody. Like money is abundant, so you guys don't get discouraged about anything. Reach out to Mr. Daniels. Reach out to me. I'll get you in contact with Mr. Daniels. He might not want to talk to you too every day, but He's going to answer your question, man, but he's going to take care of you. So I appreciate you, Mr. Daniels, coming on the show and shedding some light. Um, you guys take care and appreciate you listening to the Business Podcast.